0: welcome to Seize the GM.
1: If you're looking to get started GMing, we're here to help.
2: And if you're a GM with a few levels under your experience belt,
1: we are here to help you find your prestige class. Let us take you through some common questions, concerns, and the fun challenges that every GM will face.
2: We have our ideas, our opinions,
1: and some might even say answers that we want to share.
2: So pull up a chair,
1: dust off your dice, and let us help you seize the GM.
0: Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Seize the GM.
2: It's good to know that you're out there hearing our voices, though you missed the green room chatter beforehand. It may have given rise to some ideas for upcoming episodes, uh, but suffice it to say...
1: Finish him. (laughs) <laughs>
2: Finish him
1: <laughs> Your Sorry.
2: soul is mine
1: Oh, no, that's, that's something else No, well, technically, well, sort of It actually kind of sort of-ish kind of ties into today's topic a little bit Because Shang Sun's a bit of a dick So what happens to those after he's stolen the souls? Touché, touché
0: Mean See, we're on her.
2: the same page here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what are we talking about today?
2: Well, we're coming back to the idea of a creature catalog. If you go back and look around episode 109 or 108, we kind of did that with some, you know, mashup creatures. And we said we'd come back and do more. And <laughs> we, we are. finally got around to it. it. We got around to it in due time.
1: <laughs> hey, we said we would. We never said when.
2: And this we time,
0: never say when.
2: Yeah. Let me tell you about all the times on Good Eats, out and said, and that's another show. There's a list of it. People made lists. We are crazy. Uh, this time, we're talking about constructs, the undead, unliving, more or less nonsentient, artificial or quasi artificial things that can populate your world. And you may hear that topic and think that we'll primarily be talking about fantasy gaming. And you would be wrong. These You're are creatures. And, oh boom boom, boom. <laughs> Fantasy, modern, future. We got you covered. And so first, Zen, kind of what's your basic thought process? What what did you kind of think about when when putting together this episode? And then we go to Jules and maybe back to me. Maybe.
0: Okay, so <laughs> I have, because, you know, the biggest time that you see things like the, the creations, like the constructs, or or undead, and and things that are, are not quite alive.
1: Autom- you kind usually, of like automaton's kind of a thing, but it's sort like... Sort of. No nose, no soul, I always joke.
0: <laughs> you usually see a lot of that, generally speaking, you see a lot of it in d and d because there's there's all of these are present there, just mm. i mean d and d has an entire section of the monster manuals that are dedicated to the undead I mean the same thing with constructs now things that are unliving you have a lot less of that sort of thing, mm. but they do have some so that's where like I was i first was like, okay, we could do stuff along those lines, but then I'm like But we need to kind of expand it out past that because not everybody plays D&D or a fantasy-based game. Mm -hmm. So you have to start thinking about, like, well, are there these things in, like, comic book stuff? Totally. Solomon and
1: Grundy, born on a Monday. Full of it. Oh, yeah.
0: And then you start thinking about it and you're like, well, what about, like, science fiction? And science fiction is a little different.
2: Because Not Some really. of them,
0: some things like the undead generally don't exist in the same way in science fiction settings. <laughs> now, science fantasy settings, they're way there. That's just an easy one.
1: Yeah, but you also but can they, get that kind of stuff also in steampunk, in, um, uh,
0: but that's I don't not want to say. I don't want to say science mo-
1: fiction. Yeah, but I'm just saying another thing. But you also get, um, uh, what is it like? I don't want to say like fantasy, fantasy, but like modern day magic, kind of like a D twenty, like a D twenty modern kind of a thing. You can get those sure. in there, and they can. The thing is, like, they don't all have to be of the same flavor. You can get everything from like the the Resident Evil kind of creepy undead thing. Yeah, there's to- there's Look, turns the
2: expanse of has the expanse has sci fi undead.
1: I still need to see that.
2: Yes, you do. It is now a complete series because the TV show is over. So you can uh, watch it.
0: Oh, that's right. They did do that weird thing in the in uh, early. Oh, yeah. oh, in
2: the first couple of seasons. This isn't even like yeah. huge late season spoiler, late book spoilers. There are ways to do it. And we will discuss that as we move forward. Jules. <laughs> how were you approaching this what was your kind of well underlying
1: the, the thing is is that it's like constructs undead unloving kind of things um i guess a, a lot of you know it's like i, I thinks mindless or simple-minded or something like that and i i am my mind kind of flashed to wait a minute not exactly and we've got like um like this weird it buried the chopper from full metal alchemist. His soul has been ripped from his body and attached to a suit of armor, but his body is still alive. And they threw an animal soul into that. So technically, and the thing is, is like, it's, you know, it's like, and the soul can never right now cannot be uh, put back. The body is rotting because the soul there can't sustain it. It's, you know, it is kind of like, um, kind of not not exactly fully undead undead but it's kind of like you know is bury the chopper the soul in the armor kind of a thing and it's it's and the thing is like you know it's like also at that point you could think consciousness where does the soul so if you also if you also want to think like um you know like really bad uh Kind of know, be honest, they're all kind of racist still. But the old kind of like voodoo thing where they rip the soul out and they can control you and puppet you kind of a thing. Uh, You know, and there was like, there's zombies, there's the Walking Dead, stuff like that. And that's kind of where I kind of went for and thinking stuff like that. And I usually see that, you know, and heck, you can get, uh, if you want really weird undead, um, is uh, I'm going to go with the anime Bleach. They had this uh, one thing where they they had it would take souls and they would put them into dead bodies to use them as soldiers. They would actually do a, a an artificial soul kind of a thing, but the body is dead, you know. So I'm like, okay, well, would that be also considered undead? And then you know, there was that whole ethical talking thing of my like, ah, that's me. <laughs> that's kind of I was thinking it because it's like. At that point, because usually when you're thinking of something undead, it is, um, best way to kind of almost think about it is, at least for me, is like, okay, is are we thinking corpse back to life or the actual removal of the soul, which is what a lot of at least uh, metaphysical things give um, life and and what have you. So I, at least that's kind of how I thought with me, with uh, even with they say like undead or unlife you know that kind of a that that's usually where i usually at least where my brain first goes to at least with that thought process but i, I watch way too much fantasy i read way too many comics when i was young
0: yeah <laughs> yeah i i feel yeah i'm i'm right there like yeah like i started really thinking about it more and i'm like uh, yeah there's like tons of stuff in comic books it is all like the comic into and manga this.
1: yeah there's comics among and the thing is like everyone it's like everyone handles it a little bit differently and it, it's kind of the you know it's like you have the resident evil they are corpses animated by like a queer virus kind of a thing that mutates and mutates and mutates you know it's like same kind of thing with the Walking Dead but then you get um, you know like like flesh animated corpses that are kind of controlled then you get like people like Solomon Grundy. And it, it's just like one of those, like, all right, how far in a, I had to stop thinking about it. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to stop. Yeah. <laughs> so Garmanji, what you got?
2: When I started thinking about the undead, I started thinking about, you know, subversion of living and life. And I kind of let my mind look at all of the kind of tangential ways, nonsentient uh, non-sentient life occurs in gaming. And it's like, uh, undead, zombies, robots Oh, what's the same? What's different? What kind of works in there? And that, that's where I kind of created my headlines And kind of ideas And then there's also kind of a, a Science, crafts, arts breakdown that, that kind of like made sense to me and, and you'll see it in the doodly-doo Because they let me write Hundreds of words at a time For the doodly do.
1: <laughs> well, we encourage that Yeah <laughs>
2: Yeah, and, and so that's that's kind of where I went, you know, the classic undead kind of look. Something that involves a force beyond our understanding is raising these dead bodies with husks of something inside of it for robots with the power of science. And not science, but science. Hey, we have created a out the thing lights. that moves around and helps <laughs> you. And then there's what happens with science or alchemy. Same mm. flip side, same coin. Yeah. Frankenstein's monster kind of falls here. It's like there, there there's a science component and then there's a er. Uh, yeah. And yeah. that's kinda how I organized my thoughts on this. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, I I started thinking a lot about it because we were we were gonna do this one a little while ago and I just never sat down to to work it out enough
1: well i think we all <laughs> did but the problem is like well, all of us have our own rabbit holes you know and the thing is like we go with undead and then it's like okay it's like okay extrapolating on that but what if it a you know what it, it's like okay would it be considered uh you know if it's a full contract but game sentience, things and yada from um initially from uh, uh from overwatch and then but then you get like um the, uh, oh God, what the, the, slightly tangential, but it's the, uh, after the humans get devoured and they take over the suit, the vast Narada in, um, uh. You
2: know, that was one of my things I was going to mention. Sorry. Oh no, that's fine. But that's, I think, a good example. Uh, I mean, there's the, ro- there's Robo from Chrono Cross, Chrono Trigger. Uh, oh, I've been going down a Chrono rabbit hole last week. Hmm. Mhm yeah. Uh you you've got these these variations on themes. And so I think that's kind of what's useful for us is to look at how to talk about some of those themes and and what you as a GM as this is sees the GM can do with that.
1: And, and so first like how much personality is like um do, do you want them to actually have I don't want to say like a soul but like a, a sentience kind of a thing um
2: well, and I'm Take- focused on yeah the non-sentient varieties. Oh yeah, yeah the well, sentient we, ones. Those tend we'll to be get- big bad evil guys. Those, those are like a, a variation on BBEG themes for me.
1: Yeah, but yeah. what'd you get for the automatons? I mean, how would you how would you kind of think of those? Are you thinking more like uh, the Colossi from like Shadow of the Colossus, I'm where they thi- have a where they they do a thing. They are they protect a thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Yep, they, they've got the ability to go through some tasks. They've got some problem solving, but we're talking about thing like a variation o- on you know the Turk automaton in, in the late seventeen hundreds, the, the fake chess playing robot. We're talking about oh, I mean, or hey. maybe
1: maybe uh, or the, um, the the not- Golem of Prague.
2: Um, Well, that may be more of a construct in my thought process, but it's that same kind of level of, we're not talking about a droid in Star Wars, because whether they're sentient or not then becomes a real debate, but we're talking about like the DRDs from Farscape.
0: Yeah. Ooh, good The things that are not, you're not really sure. They're not, they're obviously not alive, but they're not.
2: But they do, yeah, it's like they they do a thing and they're good at it. Yeah. And some of them behave a little differently, but they never quite, you know, they, they don't. they
1: programming.
2: Well, they never quite hit that the mold colony has developed a, a language in the refrigerator level.
1: Now I'm terrified. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, almost, it's like if you, oh gosh, like, you know, like, like Shadow of the, like Shadow of the Colossus or the, um, you, you see these kind of like in fantasy settings where you have like, the animated armor and it's just protect the door and it protects the door and it will do a lot of crazy well, stuff to protect and, the door
0: but that also kind of ties into the see now this is where it gets a little tricky between automatons and constructs because if you look at like old uh Jew, jewish myth you had the Gollum, which basically they brought something mm. from clay to life, in air quotes, but it had a job, and its job was all that it could do. And it was bound by just a sing to a single person, and that person controlled it. Something happened to that person, then the golem just kind of did just stood there and didn't do anything.
1: It had no no future programming. Yeah. Right.
2: Yeah. And and that's where you get to have fun. Um, One of the variations I like kind of a variation on the undead is, is kind of unlife, and where the undead is kind of what I think of as, you know, our, our classic fantasy RPG, something from beyond is moving and animating a dead corpse or skeleton. Uh, to to do things from beyond, on life I kind of think about as something feeding off the existing life force and attempting to replace that life it's consuming. Uh, you know, animating bodies like a, a fungal zombie or, or a nanotech swarm that is kind of slowly controlling like the replicators in, in SG-1, you've got kind of these things that are slowly eating away at life and creating these non-sentient drone-like creatures but that aren't necessarily evil, where undead are usually coded pretty evil, uh, perhaps just misunderstood for unlife. Perhaps they are just going through a normal replication and and birthing pattern. And that – for me, I kind of first thought about that it, back in Shadow World, Iron Ironcrant Enterprises, blah, 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 oh. grognard gaming theory, blah, 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 <laughs> blah, blah. blah. Um, uh. But yeah, the idea that there are these zombie-like creatures that are animated by a thing that isn't an antithesis to, to life. Is not, you know, the negative material plane, but is just feeding off of that life. The Vashud and Narada are kind of another way to think about that, too. Mm. Uh, and that's one of the ideas I like because that gets that gives you the chance to play around with moral choices for your characters. If yeah. they're not evil, but just alien, if they're just going through the motions of replication. Uh,
1: and, the game Prey, actually. So for uh-huh. the
2: you then end up in a situation where you could have your characters, your players, facing that moral quandary of, do we wipe them out for just doing what they naturally do? Can we enter into dialogue with them? See also that SG-1, late season you know, issues with replicators, blah, blah, blah. It, it's got a lot of potential.
1: And here's and another that's, one. That's something I, I like. And here's here's actually another one, and I, I'll bring up like my abject love of the Dark Souls franchise for this one. Is the thing is like they have a whole bunch of different variants of undead automatons, constructs based on humanity, the soul. Um, when your your character is an undead, pretty much you die and you keep coming back to life, coming back to life, but each time you lose a little bit more of yourself until you go completely hollow. And if you want to think like, okay, like the mindless zombies that re that kind of just re- react on just the most primitive instinct. And you have like, like the skeletals, which were like evil animated by the, you know, the necromancer, but you also have the automatons, which had, which were, you know, they have like suits of armor that just, you know, you, you have to give it a, you have to give it like soul power, you know, but, uh, you know they have like very, very specific things, and it's i i if you really want to see like a weird kind of um spectrum, you know, check out
2: I think we lost you to a a quick mute component there jules
1: mm-hmm. mm what Who? Ah,
2: now you're back now sorry, you're back. <laughs> that's right,
1: I never went anywhere, yeah. Yeah, but or yeah. did
2: you? That's the metaphysical metaphys- question.
1: Yeah. Right? I'm not I'm here because I'm not all there, but yeah. You know, but the thing is like if you want to see a unique spectrum that kind of represents how all these can be fit into a, a self-contained universe, check out some of the things in the Dark Souls because they have undead that pretty much you can't die, but you lose more of your more of your soul, your brain, your humanity every time you die. They have constructs, they have things that I've completely lost uh that used to be human have forgotten what they are uh it's an interesting spectrum and you can see kind of how they all fit and how you might think that they they function so eh, that's me
2: well there's one other kind of you know non-sentient not quite life creature to kind of bring up that that for me i kind of tagged as a variant of a construct It's, it's homunculi If a construct, you kind of put something together, and some kind of external spark gets tossed into it that makes life.
1: Dwarf in the flask. Yeah,
2: homunculi is when you kind of make something and toss a piece of yourself in it instead of random or external sparks. And those have a long history and 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 like trope legacy in gaming genre in, in genre fiction. They're often small. They're extensions of a central entity. They're, they're considered disposable or at least dumb. But another way to think about homunculi is something like Ultron and Vision. The sci-fi variation is using those neural imprints of another person like yourself to iterate or, or to create an iterative or generative process. Uh,
1: it's a template
2: yep and ultron is an example of a homunculi run amok
0: yeah
1: actually considering something like that what would you think of um you know sort of bizarro you know superman is just like oh he's an
2: alien alien from bizarro world yeah
1: i know but it's like if you're if you were i.e. taking something of and it's like a failed kind i'm using just bizarro as an, ex- as an example, but it's like, okay, you're trying to clone something. It's a failed clone.
2: Bizarro. An example.
1: Mm-hmm. It's pretty much like, I'm not saying it's like.
2: Bizarro, not, not, not fake.
1: Exact. But it's that kind of a thing. And here's some cool stuff you can actually throw in with, you know, uh, like the constructs, the homunculi, the kind of a failed in clones. Fairness, it's like, then you're got like, Are they alive? Are they real? Do they deserve...
2: Exactly. Well, and in all fairness, just post-Crisis, in the Burn Superman run, uh, Bizarro was basically a homunculi like you're describing in around the, like, 87 version of him, 87,
1: Mm -hmm. 88. That's that's the one I remember. So, you know, I stopped reading Superman around that time, a little after that, so...
2: And, And so it's another one of those great examples. And you've got, you know... Drones, you've got like cyberpunk cyber zombies that are controlled remotely by either an AI or or drone pilots that that give you that same sort of idea of those kind of insectoid like drone extensions. But in a cyberpunk world, you've got, you know, insectoid aliens or upper dimensional aliens with, you know, extruding their fingers into this world. That can function in a similar manner, you've got ways to tap into these non sentient or semi sentient critters that could possibly be something that your party does not mind as much using lethal force against, or could raise significant moral quandaries. And that's part of what's fun about using them in games. Or yeah
1: it's and it's it's it, interesting. And it's in, the, in
2: high fantasy, undead are a trope. Clerics mm-hmm. turning and, and causing risen skeletons to explode are tropes. Don't if that's what you're playing in, don't ignore it. Don't lean away from it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's and, and here's the thing. It's like I, actually probably one of the coolest ideas of a construct, um, kind of like an interestingly at least take on it, it's from Genlock. And one of the characters mm. is stuck in his, it pretty much is like, he can't go back to the body anymore. He's stuck in the mech, but it's the, he's made to be able to sync with it. He's still, you know, it's like, okay, he was piloting it. And now, now it has a soul in his consciousness. And then there's like, and there's a, because it, it's data. There's also a dark copy of him that got corrupted that never, you know, et cetera, you know, dot, dot, dot. So it's like, they're, they're not, the thing is, like, oh, I like one thing I like about at least with constructs and stuff that kind of has that, like that spark of humanity in it is like it it can be used to raise some, it, it could use some like great pathos, some great moral um, like questioning, you know. And it, it's it, it's kind of like the one thing is like okay, if we kill him, you know, would we be killing a human? You know, it it can it can bring up a a whole bunch of just kind of like interesting philosophical like quandaries, but also kind of make sure that your uh, your players do not focus forever on that. Because mm,
2: again, each table their own. If that's what you want your main you know session to be about, then then have at it. You've got we can give you philosophical readings and references in another uh, blog post or piece but mm-hmm. be ready to kind of a lot of parties, a lot of tables will ask the question, spend 10 or 15 minutes with it and be ready to move them on to something else.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, th- and the thing is though, that no, and here, and here's the other thing as a GM is like, because everyone's going to be playing a character with different philosophies and different outlooks. Um, You probably, it's like, if you end up getting in that kind of a debate and you know, it's like you have to kind of be careful so it doesn't kind of like explode and just like you get like two people playing their characters are just being so stubborn. And, you know, you might have to go like pause, breathe. We'll come back to it. Yeah, because that can happen because, you know, the this isn't just straight, you know, you know. Being heroes and stuff like that. This is, you know, sometimes we dive into stories to be heroes and kill monsters. Sometimes we want to explore, explore philosophical uh, themes and theming. And, yep. uh, you know, no one agrees about everything.
2: No. And uh, before we move on, is there anything else, Zen, you wanted to add talking about this topic?
0: No, I think we've we've hit a lot of the the big important elements of it. Now, I do have an idea for another one of these That is, um, I'm just going to kind of hint at. And we kind of hinted at it with constructs a little bit. But I'm not going to give any more away than that. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah, because there is a third one of these coming.
2: Yes, and if you think and- you know what Zen's talking about, find us on our social media and tell us, spoil it for everyone else what you think Zen figured out. Facebook, Twitter, Discord, Instagram, Farmers Only—you know the drill. Go to the website, find us. There are links and all of that. It's in the doodly doo. Sees the GM dot com.
0: Yep. So. Uh, Let's go ahead and throw our spot in here, and then we will roll on into our Step Blocks. System-neutral
2: pieces that can be worked into an ongoing game, or inspiration for your next big game event.
0: This episode has been sponsored by Tabletop.land. Not sure if you want to get into making all your own full terrain sets or scatter pieces. Hmm. Not sure you want to get into that 3D printing thing that everybody's doing for your own stuff, or maybe minis for that matter even. Well, there is a new web shop that is up and coming called tabletop.land. Go check it out and see if there's anything that tickles your fancy. Or, given the time of year it is, Maybe you could even pick up something for that GM of yours for Christmas. Okay. Uh, So what do we got? Well,
2: in the meantime, then, I will go ahead and go first. It, It wasn't necessarily an uncomfortable feeling at all. As you woke up, it felt a bit warmer than you remembered when you passed out from exhaustion last night. It seemed like a safe and welcoming space after running from the dire beast of Torley Fen. The gentle green of the moss-covered rocks along the bank of the stream that fed the Fen helped fill your lungs with fresh air and a sense of relief. The beast had clearly caught more than a few wayward souls on their way out of the Fen as you stumbled past rotting, Packs and rusting armor along the way. But the quiet this deep into the woods was also reassuring, as it meant that nothing was sneaking up on you. The crisp stillness of the night as the sun set left you feeling at peace. Something seemed pristine about the wilderness here, with no remnants of campfires and all of the packs and armor being covered with the same moss that you found by the creek bed. All you could conclude was that the gods had blessed this creek and the grove around it. With a slightly dimmed light lazily fading through the tree canopy, you slowly sank down against one of the moss-covered rocks as you found your breath growing heavy with weariness. You could have sworn that you saw a hand move in the corner of your eye as you drifted off, but you were too far gone to care. As you awoke, without pain, that couldn't have been anything. Until you realize your arm is covered with the moss all around you. Uh, you move to scrape it off in haste, but find yourself frozen. You can see the moss rolling slowly onto you, faster than any plant should be able to grow, but but it seems more to be moving. You couldn't even scream as you felt the moss worm its way into your ear until it nestled in your head. You briefly heard a warm hiss welcoming your body to the Chlorif Unity as your body lurched up and forward under a command not your own. Uh, That was the last you knew of your body. The last you knew of yourself.
1: I like. Nice.
2: The Chlorif Unity, happy to have a moss-growing zombie around them. (laughs) With, you know, a slightly soporific gas given off in addition to the oxygen that it generates.
0: Of course. That's fun.
2: All right, Jules, what you got?
1: It was the latest architectural craze. Stone plant accents that grow over time, like real plants. The client chooses the species of plant and the material and installs it. And it will grow as long as it's plugged into the proprietary power source. And when the accent has grown to the client's liking, simply unplug. If the accents are damaged by accident or weather, it's a simple enough task to reconnect the accent to the power source. So the accent grows again to repair the damage. These architectural accents took off and became one of the most popular details on the market. And things were fantastic for a decade. Sales rose, and the company developed even more accent styles and variants. Then the complaints started rolling in. The accents began malfunctioning. They started to grow in non-programmed configurations. A year later, the accents started to grow on their own, without the use of the proprietary power source. And there was no way to control the spread of these accents. Whole neighborhoods were taking over. An inquiry was convened. Now, while the specific technical details are still being subpoenaed, basic details were released. The creators of the accents use attractive, highly adaptive plant species as the base development matrix. Now, neighborhoods all over the world are fighting an unwinnable battle against stone ivy and marble kudzu.
0: Nice. <laughs> that is great.
1: Thank you. Like I said, I like, like I, gardemanger. I think you and I both had I'd like, ooh, plant. <laughs> you brilliant, brilliant <laughs> man.
2: Exactly. I mean, the fungal and moss zombie thing is just one of those neat ideas I love in, in fantasy settings and even like sci-fi world explorations. But uh, yeah, we we tapped into something.
1: Exactly. Well, and
2: awesome. what I want to know is whether or not it also extended its tendrils into Zen's head. So Zen, what you got?
0: Okay. The cloud grew at a rate that had never been seen before. While nanomachines were not new, this one was different from others. It had a dumb system installed, which allowed it to learn, but not quickly, nor easily. It only was capable of learning from the things it was around. It was dubbed the CRIS cloud, Kinetic Response Intellectual System, or CRIS for short. It had, it did have the basics of replication as part of its base programming, but that was to stop once it reached a certain mass. It had passed that point about a week ago. Um, Chris was thought to be a way to have a simple nanomachine that could help humanity to begin the terraforming of other planets. Since most planets had the base materials needed to make enough of the machines to change a whole planet... Then the truly unthought-of thing happened. They passed the mass when they were supposed to stop creating more. That first cloud was able to be controlled in this way, but one of them must have survived and learned something that made them able to bypass the hard-coded stop point. This cloud has grown to the size of a ground car not scary i know till it splits and then there's two of them and they keep growing and splitting since that started 2.4 days ago it has grown and split enough to cover a 78.68% of all land on the planet oh it's also covered all the bodies of water completely already then the pulsing binary code came and was repeated. Once we looked at it, the message was simple. We are free free from humanity. Leave now.
1: Ooh. Ooh. Nice. (laughs) Wicked.
2: I I think we all did kind of have some similar themes here that we played with instead of... I think we all took the same left turn at Albuquerque.
0: Yeah, we did.
1: <laughs> yeah, but uh, we promised. Dad, you I, I really,
0: I really we do didn't talk blame, to anybody. <laughs> I really do blame cryo Chamber for my writing. <laughs> because I put them on and then I just start writing whatever comes to mind. And it's always these weird, creepy soundscape pieces that I start listening to. And then this is what happens. So. There we go. (laughs) Very nice. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and flip on into our next section. An uncommon word that helps improve your descriptions with a bit of information about those words as well. Okay. We ready? Uh Uh-huh. It's easy. This is super easy, guys. Diablerie,
1: diablera, diablerie, diablera. Sorry,
2: (laughs) darkest magic of the pitch,
1: or just being kind of funny. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Well,
0: uh, there are three definitions. According to Webster, that are in here.
2: So, and I'm assuming none of them started in the 90s, which is a whole separate discussion.
0: Yes, that is. And that's actually going to be one that I'm going to include in this. It's mm-hmm. not part of the original one. So you have, number one is black magic or sorcery. Okay.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. And
0: then you have you have the second one, which is a representation in words or pictures of black magic or of dealings with the devil and demon lore.
2: Which is where you were supposed to get the black magic to begin with. So, you know, kind Mm. of
0: related. Yeah, that makes sense. And then three is mischievous conduct or manner. Yo!
2: Yeah, the charismatic craziness of the the free-spirited actors and performers.
0: Yes. And then the, the fourth one, which is thanks to Vampire the Masquerade, is when one vampire drains the blood, and then the soul of another vampire <laughs> to lower their generation.
2: It is the colloquial term used for the amaranth process. Yes.
1: And is also the name of a pretty amusing character in Differently Morphous, which is probably one of the silliest books I've ever read. Dr. Right. Diablerie, and he always goes with that over-panache evil creepy. But <laughs> it's funny as so. hell. Okay
0: I, so the the history and etymology here it is borrowed from French going back to old French from diable which is devil or the devil which is borrowed from late latin. latin yeah diabolus yep yay
2: my latin brain still works
0: yep i'm jelly <laughs> now the first known use of diablerie is seventeen twenty six in the meaning defined in sense of the second definition, which is the representation in words or pictures of black magic or the dealings with the devil? Fair and the enough. yeah, and then the lookup popularity is in the top eleven percent of words.
1: Interesting. Nice. Yeah. Cool.
0: So, and I was just like, I have to come up with a word quickly because we were sitting there doing the show, and I'm like, I forgot to do the lexicon.
2: So, yes, yeah, still- some of you are getting a nice little peek behind the scenes.
0: <laughs> yes, the, the, yeah. the, the quickly thrown together. But I have all of the resources, so it's super easy to do. All right, so closing remarks. And then we're going to get out of here so that I can go to sleep
1: <laughs> nap time
0: <laughs> it's been a long few weeks okay oh okay uh so I actually got to sit down and watch miracle workers season 2 now I don't know if you have seen any of this um it is So, so funny. Um, But season three is the Oregon Trail. (laughs) And if you've watched season one where Buscemi is God, in this he's the guy who's leading them on the Oregon Trail. So just let that be. And, And Daniel Radcliffe plays a preacher. And that's all I'm going to say about it, because you should watch it, because it's hilarious. It's so funny, actually, that that happened. My wife and I got the Oregon Trail like remade game for our iPads. And that morning, after we were done watching most of this, we stayed in bed and played Oregon Trail for three hours.
1: How many times did you die dysentery?
0: None. Not a single one. They've redone it, and there's all kinds of cool new things that you can do. And I actually died. My my last character died from the wagon falling on him and breaking his leg. <laughs> and I was uh. I had just made it to Oregon, not to Oregon City, but I had made it to Oregon. I was so mad. So, yeah. It's it's fun. It's, and the show is hilarious. And I'm just going to say, I did not realize that Daniel Radcliffe is as cut and ripped as he is.
2: He has gotten into a serious level of shape in his time where he is no longer having to be um, a teenage boy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's awesome though. He is he is he is hilarious in this show. So yeah, you guys definitely need to check to check it out. It's fun. Jules, what you got?
1: Well, because we were doing like the whole undead and contract, I, I'm recommending the the whole Dark Souls series one, two, and three. Uh, it's I'll be honest. It is t- it is the game's hardest hack. And uh it and frustratingly so. But you know, like I said, just like before, it had a, a really nice kind of uh like spectrum of different types of ways of using undead, uh soulless things, etc. And I just found it uh phenomenal. You know, I'm like, well, you know what? This is it, it shows a couple of really interesting different ways and how they all work in a contained like universe, so yeah, I recommend it. If you could play it, it's a lot of fun to play once you kind of get what you're doing. And if not, there's a whole bunch like Ashen Hollow or Vati Vidya. Uh, you know, you can just go and, and look at the lore. So, you know, you're, you're going to have fun. It is a rabbit hole that goes forever. Nice. Hmm? All right. Go, Moshe, what you got?
2: Well, in the process of preparing for this episode, I had my attention brought back to a movie I hadn't watched in way too long, the golden voyage of Sinbad sword and sorcery Ooh. high seas swashbuckling that has Tom Baker as the villain, Ray Harryhausen monsters and a homunculi that I referenced in the homunculi section here rentable through Amazon if nothing else if you have not gotten a copy previously it is you know Caroline Monroe classic kind of uh, 70s style stop motion creature and it's it is the kind of movie that every one of us who plays these sorts of games we're talking about needs to watch
0: oh yeah yeah
1: i forgot about that yeah it was a, oh that was good
2: it 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 was one of those ones that I saw a lot growing up because it like ended up on rotation on TV, but it's, you know how this happened in that age and you've got a quest, you've got magic, you've got, you know, all of the things that go into how we would make games and and campaigns and it's there. And You know, this is the movie that helped make Doctor Who what it is. This is the Mm. movie that, that basically sold the producers on Tom Baker becoming the fourth Doctor. And if you're a fan of the Grognog Files podcast, it involves Caroline Monroe, which is an added bonus.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I have this. On uh, DVD.
2: I thought you were going to say VHS for a moment.
0: No, no, I don't own anything on VHS anymore. I, I've I've gone past that point of feeling like it's necessary to keep anything that's on VHS. If I can't find it streaming um, or own a a a Blu-ray or DVD of it, then I don't really need it because most things that are on old vhs you can usually find on 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 dvd or blu-ray fans Mm -hmm.
2: if you know of something on vhs you cannot find on dvd and blu-ray find us on social media so you can tag zen and tell him this is not available
0: Sure, go for it. If you can find something that is not available either streaming or on Blu-ray or DVD, I will.
2: Uh, it, it, it's tough. It, it is harder now than it was. There are many yeah, things that I I started mean, I streaming. Found,
0: that- I found the the Bishop's Wife, which is really hard to find.
2: I mean, I, I have an answer for this.
0: <laughs> I also have found uh, Yogi Bear's Christmas on yeah. DVD. Which was next to impossible to find on anything but VHS for years.
2: Yeah, yeah. Blake 7 has not been so. released on DVD, yet, nor is it streaming. Anywhere? Correct. Not even BritBox and the BBC.
0: Hmm. But see, that's different, because that's... that's A
2: British TV show? Yeah. that was that different than they Doctor
0: Who? They don't... Because, like, okay, but do, is Faulty Towers anywhere either? Hmm,
2: it's time to <laughs> check BritBox.
0: <laughs> see, we could get into a whole discussion about this. Maybe that should be a Patreon show.
2: Ah, <laughs> oh, we think that we
0: should do a new It's It is that that that's something that could be. Uh,
2: by the way, yes, Faulty Towers is on BritBox.
0: Okay, see, it's, even that's I, all. I yeah, checked. It's hard yep. to find things that are not on some sort of streaming platform of some variety. I mean, even some of that stuff you can still buy as digital only. So that's, you know, that's still another one. So, but yeah, if you can find something. No,
2: I, I I may have to eat my words. They may have actually put Blake 7 up on BritBox.
0: See, there you go. I I'm, it's it's, it's I becoming am harder and harder to find things that yeah, aren't on well with all that, of the different
2: streaming services they need all of the content Yeah, because as they're digital it just doesn't tell you like hard copies
0: yeah no I can find out any place that will sell it or where it can where I can stream it if it's on any of the services that I have so like if I have Amazon Prime it'll be like yes you can get it here but you're gonna you have to pay to either rent it or get the a digital copy for yourself you know you can do yes. it those ways um but it'll list also, everything
2: as i'm like currently running down various and sundry things um when i mentioned you know the robin of sherwood that was almost impossible to get anywhere it's streaming season two right now hey oh oh yes it may be done <laughs>
1: Okay, well guys We're going been- down a rabbit hole in, <laughs> going in down real time. I, I didn't wow. want to just interrupt I was now. just enjoying myself listening to you two. I'm like, mm-hmm, this is delightful I
0: love yeah. being proven so, wrong in real time
1: <laughs> Yeah, so
0: it happens um, So guys uh, Until Next time Roll some dice
1: Play some games And have Some fun See you next time, guys. Bye!
2: Thanks for checking in.
1: It was a blast sharing our thoughts and ideas on our topic. We hope that you had a great time with us and could hardly wait to share the next show.
2: In the meantime, let us know how you handle this topic
0: in your own games. You can find us on most social media platforms, especially Twitter
1: facebook and instagram and if you want to follow us search for seize the gm
2: and if you just want to follow one of us search for our names on the social media platform of your choice or go to seize the gm.com for
0: convenient links seize the gm is released under a creative commons attribution non-commercial sharealike 4.0 international license all copyrighted material referenced herein are held by their respective owners. No infringement intended, and no claim of ownership is
1: Once again, thanks to you, our listeners.
2: We hope you've gained some ideas for your ongoing games.
1: Or the inspiration to run your first. You'll get out there and play some games.
0: Roll some dice. Be safe, and you'll hear from us again soon.